Welcome to Well, Why Not? Conversations about opening your mind, then your passport. My name is Deborah, and I'm a first-generation Haitian-American who decided to leave the U.S. several times during my adult life. Currently, I live in Quito, Ecuador, where I've been for the past four years. I'd like to share more about my journey with you and invite others who have taken the leap to move away from the familiar, mainly in the form of immigration or expatriation. Greetings for those of you tuning in for the first time, welcome. And for those of you who have listened to previous episodes, welcome back. Today I want to talk about how I learned to strengthen my inner advocate. I think this is part of the series of, you know, preparing yourself mentally, emotionally for expatriation or making a big decision, making a big move, whatever that may be. Um... I'm just not sure yet, <laughs> but the reason I started thinking more about this is ever since my the episode titled Being Black is an Experience and talking about those instances where even if I didn't recognize it in the moment, but I was being unfairly treated or I was, um, I was experiencing racism just without, you know, even if, again, in the moment I, I didn't, I didn't know what it meant. Um, looking back, I do know what it means now, and and all of it has an impact on on how we grow, how we develop, how we how we talk um, to others, and how we let others talk to us. So I knew um, early on, I think before I even expatriated, that it was important for me to learn to speak up for myself even if it's not a skill that i was personally thought taught i know that um it's something that gets talked about very often now uh i can't say even in the case of my daughter who's turning 20 this year that she knows how to do that (laughs) very well not because i don't think it's because it's a lack of being taught i think Learning to do that, you have to learn who you are. You have to know more about what you like and don't like and what you feel good about and don't feel good about um, before you're able to to convey that and articulate that. So I almost want to say that it, it's, you, you, it's a skill that you can definitely start developing early, but it's also important while you're developing that skill to also develop your listening skills and being able to kind of pay attention to not only others, but yourself and and checking in with yourself and knowing, okay, I don't like that and why you don't like it. Sometimes I think we get caught up in not liking things or not accepting or being comfortable with things because it's not the norm. And of course that goes against expatriation or any you know most of the decisions I've made in my life so um I think that's why I think it's such a big part of of self-development and just getting to a place where you're not making decisions based on the noise you're making decisions based on your own intuition your own inner voice and your likes and dislikes so just become and I think all of that is wrapped into becoming an advocate for yourself um my line of work I advocate for others a lot so maybe again that's why learning to do it for myself was also important because I do believe that in order 
to do it well for others, you have to be able to do it well for yourself. And I know maybe some don't, maybe some are able to stick up, stand up and, and be, you know, show up for others much easier than they can do it for themselves. But I don't think that's healthy. <laughs> so um, in my case, it, it was very important to um, to be able to, to check in with myself on that level. Um, and also, I think what I realized is by virtue of learning to listen to yourself, you, be, you listen to others better, too. And another thing, <laughs> as I became a better advocate for myself, and I think that improved my ability to advocate for others, is learning that I don't need others to speak up for me. So for me, as an advocate for others, I don't jump in and, and automatically play that savior oh i'm gonna i'm gonna help take you out of your situation i'm gonna you know fix everything for you i think it it because i knew in my case i don't need people to do i don't want people to do that if if i am not okay with something i want to be able to say i'm not okay with it i don't need somebody else to say that on my behalf I hope that makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense in my mind. But again, it to me is all related to, to just learning to advocate for yourself. So I think when I first moved um, to Venezuela, I had to differentiate the Latin America context versus the U.S. context. As we know, the U.S. has a very specific history with racism, segregation, all of that. Um, and civil rights, <laughs> but that is not the history for most other countries. I think the only other country that institutionalized racism um, is South Africa. So that just kind of changes the perception. I'm not saying, um, and I will never say that, you know, it, it should be okay or someone should accept certain certain things, certain treatment in other places just because they don't have that history. Absolutely not. I think racism across the board, even if it's manifesting itself in a different way, it's it's not to be tolerated. But it just were these nuances, I think when I first when I first moved out of the US that I things that would have really made me mad <laughs> in the US, I had to kind of shift my perspective and understand that it was not coming from the same place. So like the first big thing, and, and I think for any black person coming out of the US is outside of, well, in Latin America, the use of the word negro, negra, negrito, negrita is very common. And in my presence, in my experience, 12 years now, I have never seen it used negatively. It has always been, I've seen people call others that are fair skin, <laughs> negro, negra, as a term of endearment. Um, and I, of course, in the beginning, it was it was kind of weird to hear it used. And again, being, being used at somebody who did not even have a lot of melanin, but it just, it reminded me, okay, this is not, this is not the same context. And I asked, I asked a lot of questions about why people use it, where did it come from? And yeah, most people just kind of grew up hearing it as a term of endearment and, or somebody um, just had a little, you know, a little bit of a darker complexion then that just became their nickname. And really, in, <laughs> this is sort of a running joke in, in the Haitian community as well, but we do that as well, um, not with race, but we 
you know, if you have like a speech impediment or you have some sort or you're differently abled, oftentimes your nickname will be related to your to your disability or to whatever makes you different. Um, and it, although <laughs> on the surface can sound negative, it's a term of endearment. And again, and I think that's another really good example of like switching or changing your perspective on um, what you're okay with and not okay with. Because I, I think when you know that the terms being used or you know whatever's being said has is coming from a negative place or it's coming from a place of discrimination, Absolutely, you're not going to receive it well, but just because on the surface it you know may sound like oh why are you you know calling you know making fun of the person's stutter, um, but then you see that it's really said in love, <laughs> and then next step in that of course is if the person who is you know being called that that nickname does not like it absolutely that person should learn to advocate for his or herself and speak up um and i have a really good example of that so like i said when i moved and started hearing the use of the word negrito negrita it did not i didn't it didn't bother me it really because again it, i never heard it said like i hear the n-word used in the u.s but my son who never went to school in the U.S., maybe, I think, maybe from watching movies or reading books, he understands the history of the U.S., does not tolerate people calling him that. And it started very early, I think he was about eight or nine, when he, he would get visibly upset when somebody would call him that. And um, I asked him why. <laughs> he said, it's just it's not my name. So I said, you're right. Um, however, it is a very common term used here, and they're not using it in a negative way. But if you insist on not being called something other than your name, then you should say that nicely when somebody does that because they're they're not trying to offend you when they say it, but you are within your right to kind of state like that, I just call me my name. <laughs> and, um, but so yeah, that's why I, I, just going back to the whole ability to, to advocate for yourself, it, I think it has a lot to do with growth too and your experiences and, and just learning what you like and what you what you don't like. What may hit someone or you know somebody may receive a word in one way um it's it's not it's not it it can't be generalized um it you know each person has to again figure out what their own standard is and what their own boundary or limit is and then learn to articulate that <laughs> so i think knowing knowing what my boundaries or what my limits and what made me uncomfortable that part was easy you know because you just feel it you hear it you you experience it and then you you know your gut tells you like mm, I don't this doesn't sit well with me I think what took the most time um and was the most difficult was learning how to articulate that and learning how to advocate for myself so I mean I hear another thing that I I that was a bit jarring <laughs> um because again I wouldn't accept it in the American context, but I I understand where it's coming from in the Latin American context is comments about my skin, comments about my skin color. Oh, that oh I have a friend who's dark like you, or um, oh your skin your skin is so pretty. Um, less about my hair. I know. I mean, I get that in in the. I think <laughs> even in in the U.S. that's that's slowly changing. People are becoming a little uh, better advocates of saying like no you cannot touch my hair um but 
uh, a lot about, you know, for my skin in terms of literally I'd have people touch my skin and be like, oh, your skin is so. And I don't fully accept it. It's not because it's, I, I'm not really comfortable with somebody petting me or, you know, touching me without my, my permission or my consent. But um, I'm not as offended, I guess. I'm not, I'm not, every time I hear it, every, it's almost like I expect it, you know? I meet somebody new um, and, you know, I know that I'm the only one that looks like me <laughs> and I know it's, somebody's gonna bring it up. Somebody's gonna bring up my melanin. So um, I, I don't let it bother me. Um, especially when it's a stranger, but you know, 12 years in, there are people who I consider friends. And if that friend at some time made those comments, when we get to, to that level of friendship, I absolutely let them know that I'm not receiving that as a compliment. You may be trying to say something nice and you think you are, but I'm not receiving it that way. And then if they are curious to know why, like, why does that offend you? I could give them a little bit of a, <laughs> not even a history, cause it's not, I don't think it's just tied to history. It's just tied to my own preference and um, being a person and not being fetishized. And there's history with that too. Um, so again, just looking at it more as a, as a learning opportunity and being able to share my experiences with others. And it's often enlightening. Now, granted, I haven't had this conversation a lot. I don't make friends that easily, but with a few, I, I think it has been received very well. Like, just like, wow, I had no clue as it is most of the time, you know, people grow up hearing things and think, and, and, you know, there's certain, um, phrases or, or comments or whatever that is just they're so common it's become acceptable for most but especially when those comments have to do with like a minority group um, I think it's important at some point for that minority group to be able to say no I don't like when you talk about this my feature of the you know or I don't like when you talk about my my skin color or whatever that may be because I don't think this is limited to black people I think Asians have the have the same um, the same challenges where people think it's it's a compliment um, to to point out your different features, <laughs> um, and it's 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 it may be for some, but I think for those that it's not, it's important for them to kind of be able to say that and and kind of, and again set that boundary. Um, I think something else that helped me overcome that fear of oh if I if I stand up for myself if I say that I don't like this, um, was just becoming comfortable with talking about all differences, all races, all ethnicities, because I realized for some time I was part of that group that would avoid descriptors that had to do with race. So if I'm describing somebody, I'll say everything else but that that person is Asian, <laughs> you know? Oh, they're the one with the black shoes, the black hair, the glasses, the, you know, that's tall, that's short or whatever. And I, in the beginning, I think I, I um, justified it as being respectful, but then I realized, no, this was out of my own fear. Like, what if the person doesn't identify as Asian? What if the person doesn't identify as black? Because there are melanated people who do not identify as black. Um, and then I, I think in my mind, now, if I'm able to speak to the person directly, 100%, I'm going to ask them <laughs> if I need to, you know, and if it's if it's relevant, um, how they identify. Um, but 
if I'm not, and I'm just like, again, trying to point somebody in a direction or point something out, I feel like it's not a bad thing, even if I'm wrong. Look, let's say I say, oh, the, you know, that Asian woman over there, let's say the person doesn't identify as Asian or a woman, um, but that's how I, I see them. And if I'm seeing them that way, most likely society sees them that way. So they probably have a lot of experiences tied to that, right? So is it so wrong? Um, no, I think it's wrong if I call that person or I label that person to their face, you know, having the ability to talk to them. And that person says, listen, I'm not Asian or I don't identify as Asian and I don't identify as a woman, then, and then I continue to do it. Then I think it's offensive, but I think it was just getting comfortable with talking about race. And, and it was, you know, we, I feel like in, at least through my childhood and then young adulthood, we went through this phase of, Let's not talk about it because if you talk about it, then you're making it a thing, you know? Then let's, if we want everyone to be equal and seen as equals, then let's just not talk about it. And I'm so happy that we're in a space now, at least in the US, <laughs> because unfortunately, the conversations that are going on in the US are not going on everywhere else. Um, I'm so happy that we are, we are at a space where we can say, no, you can't ignore that I'm black. You can't, just like you can't ignore that I'm a woman. Um, as much as you'd like to. So us not talking about it doesn't make us equal. It makes us ignore who I am and my experience and, and my feelings. Um, and so so I, I guess I can't even really take credit for all of my evolution in, in self-advocacy, but for the most part, I think, it, yeah, it, it does take effort on, on, on my part to, to continuously um, bring it up when I want to. I mean, I've, I remember years ago being in situations where I wanted to bring up either my own experience or the experience of somebody else or whatever that may be. And I was like, ah, but I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want anybody to feel uncomfortable. And now in the US, you know, that's being called fragility. So it's it's almost like fine if you if you don't want to hear about it, but that's not my problem. And that because you don't want to be made uncomfortable, why should I be uncomfortable? <laughs> and and why are you uncomfortable in my with my my experience with me sharing my experience? Um, so it's you know it's that mind shift as well and understanding that it's okay for me to share it. And if the person has nothing to say, and I have I I have to say I I've, I've been fortunate. Obviously, these are not conversations that you just bring up with a stranger or you bring up with somebody you meet the first time. But when I have brought it up to people who I have relationships with, who I've had a lot of conversations with, it has been received in at times as I don't know, especially if I'm if I'm telling somebody of a, of a different race, like I'm this is what I've experienced, or I'm actually feeling like, um, and to have it be received with, I'm so sorry that you're feeling that. I don't know what you're going through. Tell me more about it. Um, that is the right answer. <laughs> so I'm, I, I don't know if it's, again, through my own self-awareness and knowing what my, my own boundaries are and advocating for those boundaries and setting that standard that I've attracted um, people who are willing to listen and not make it about them and not make it about, oh, well, I feel like you're attacking me if you're telling me that um, you you experience something negative like that. You know, silly to me. This is it's just silly. Um, but it, it, like I said, it it looks very differently um, in the U.S. versus in, in in Latin America. Like I can't have 
those conversations um, with many people <laughs> in in whether it's Ecuador, Venezuela, Mexico, wherever. I can't. Um, not because they're not experiencing, not because racism doesn't exist there too. It's just the context of it. And, and it would take like hours to explain. And then sometimes people just feel like, I just really don't know what you're talking about. Like, that is not how I see things. This is not how I think things go, you know, happen. And, um, but it's, but you know, again, I've, I've realized little by little, it's, it is changing even, even outside the U.S. And I think it is somewhat of a byproduct. I mean, U.S. media is so, it's, you know, ginormous and impacts so many other cultures. I have noticed little by little, um, you know, even seeing Afro, Ecuadorians or, or just, you know, black people anywhere else because you can't even assume, you know, the nationality. And just having that look, you know, the look that <laughs> black people will give to each other um, in the U.S., you know, just like, hey, especially when you're in a space where you're, it's just the two of you. Um, I see it happen more. I see, I even see it like in, in schools, um, seeing more black teachers, seeing more representation that way. It's still not... Definitely not as much as, as we're seeing in the U.S. It's amazing for me, I guess, as somebody living outside the U.S. to see like just going on, you know, Amazon and and or Target, you know, Target's website and seeing, um, you know, just the diversity in models and just all the different races that just that did not exist um, for me growing up. You did not see um, diversity period <laughs> in in um advertisements when you saw a family you didn't you saw a specific type of a family that looked a certain way and that was it you know um so to see that but that's not like again this to me that's one of those things that hasn't yet hit <laughs> latin america as much and i hope it will soon um because like we say in the u.s uh, representation matters um but little by little and 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 i think in my case, it's learning to to be in those different spaces and knowing like, okay, when I am in the US, I can be much more vocal and I can speak this way and get my point across this way and set boundaries this way. But then when I'm um, in Latin America, I can still set my boundaries, absolutely. I don't have to be made uncomfortable, but it has to be in a different way. And it may not include me stating that was a microaggression <laughs> or um, I think that that was a very racist comment to make or I feel discriminated against like things like that. But I will say, no, I have. And recently I have um, spoken up in, you know, in my current surroundings um, when I felt that I was being discriminated against. And it was, you know, again, received with, oh, my goodness, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that's what you feel. But I just thought, like, even in those instances when I was able to say, you know what, I think that I'm being mistreated because I'm black. Um, being able to say that is so big for me. Um, that is not something, I don't think I grew up thinking that I could ever say that. Um, and I think it was also tied into being the child of, an, of immigrants and, you know, you don't rock the boat. You don't, you don't, you know, you're here and just, you're here to do what you have to do. You're here to progress. You're here to excel. You're not here to make anybody mad or make anybody uncomfortable. But so this is to me like just huge, huge strides in terms of my own personal development. So that is, I, and I don't want to even say that this was 
like this is all that you have to do or this is all that I've done to, to improve my my ability to advocate for myself. It's it's a process and it's an ongoing process. I'm still little by little learning how to do that and still learning um, about like where where that fine line is like this is no no this is where <laughs> i'm going to stop you like learning that and i and and it's always going to change too just based on who you're interacting with who you're around so um in the comments share with me about a time when you wish you have you would have spoken up for yourself i know i have so many of those instances but um you know what you know when you know it <laughs> like i said some of those um situations i in the moment i didn't even realize um that there was an issue or um, i knew i wasn't feeling great about it but i didn't know why so i would love to hear from you about any of those instances and and what you wish you could have done differently so that's it for this episode until the next time be well